welcome to uh, Friars on the Farm, a little bonus edition here. So uh, in my baseball league, there was an umpire who uh, actually turned into and became a, uh, a minor league umpire. You know, one of the things about, uh, you know, what we talk about the struggles of, of minor leaguers in the lack of pay and the long bus rides and the grind of a season uh, you never think about the umpires. You know, when we think about minor league baseball, whenever any baseball game you go to, you know, it's always the umpire that gets the uh, the brunt of all the calls with, um, you know, with with a bad strike zone or maybe a missed call. Now in the majors, you can you have the benefit of of replay and whatnot. But you know, the plight and and also the dream of the minor leaguer that wants to be a major leaguer. Well, the dream is also alive with the minor league umpires and. Uh, my friend Andrew Clark, who uh, you know umpired for uh, several seasons in the uh, local league that I was in, uh, went to uh, umpire school and became an umpire. It uh, is now in his third season. He's up in the Midwest League, and I interviewed him, and uh, it's a really cool interview. He talks a lot about you know this the struggles and the grind of being an umpire and some of the cool stories that uh, that he could talk to. It's been a long interview in the coming. Um, you know, I reached out to him right when uh, he first went to he went to the Arizona League uh, back in 2017, and uh, we just never caught on to each other. And finally, he uh, he I reached out to him again, and I was able to send his questions to him. And he had to send you know talk about we can just talk to minor leaguers all day. Uh, he had to have his questions cleared through his director. Um, through with the with the umpires, it's much more rigid on. Um, talking to the what you want to call us press or whatever you know talking to anyone outside uh in the uh in the new media so um the interview is really cool i hope you guys enjoy it and uh yeah check it out andrew mitchell is starting his third year as minor league umpire Andrew started in the Rookie League in 2017 and spent 2018 in short season Northwest League and is here again, uh, is, is there again this season. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Dude, this is a little departure from what we normally do. You know, normally it's minor league baseball, minor league players, minor league news. Um, dude, I'm super stoked to have a minor league umpire come on the podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And I'm also a San Diego native, if anybody else didn't know that. I was born and raised in San Diego as well. So, Dude, that is epic. Um, <laughs> so so for a little bit of background, so I play in a rec league. And, you know, we play rec, you know, rec ball. We say, thanks, um. So we're head, I'm heading out to the, um, God, what was I? Heading out to the, you know, heading to my car. And the other umpire's like, hey, this, yeah, Andrew here, he's going to umpire school. or He's going to start umpiring. I'm like, dude, no way. And this is way before we even had the podcast. This is way before anything. Um, and actually, I thought you would want to talk to the guys from EVT back then. Um, but since then, you went on to Rookie League. Um, we went on to start the podcast just about uh, the beginning of last minor league season. And uh, I've been itching to get you ever since. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's you know it's been a long back and forth. Uh, these last two seasons, you you know you're just getting your feet wet in the league. Um, we're just kind of getting our feet wet with a podcast. Um, and finally it's come to fruition. You got you here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad we can make it work. Um, you know, it's been crazy last couple of years. I just moved out to Arizona, um, in October of this past year. So just trying to get, uh, myself situated out there, but I'm glad we can make it work now. So, yeah. Okay. So what, when did you start umpiring? 
Uh, I started umpiring in 2013. Um, I went to Azusa Pacific College right out of high school, um, played a little uh, ball there, and then um, ended up uh, getting out of baseball and not really doing it anymore. And I was trying to just figure out what I was going to do with life and, and in general. And then one day um, I was uh, with my one of my friends, and he's like, hey, man, uh, do you want to umpire a baseball game? I was like, umpire? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I heard baseball and I was all for it. anything baseball. Um, if you guys know me, um, you know, baseball has always been a passion of mine since I was a little boy. So, um, so I said, yeah, man, let's, let's do it. So, uh, my first game was a one man JV baseball game at San Pasquale high school. Really? And yes. And, um, the first, uh, I think the first interaction I had was a play at first base, and I was, uh, I was, it was one man. So I was coming up the line, but I was in foul territory. So I was more towards the first base dugout and I had made a call. I don't remember if it was out or safe, um, but I made the call and the whole bent, the whole dugout just erupted. Just like, <laughs> oh my goodness. And my friends were there and, uh, they, uh, definitely gave me a little bit of stuff afterwards. They're like, dude, did you see the dugout? Like they just erupted on you. And, I didn't really know at that moment, like what all umpiring was about. I was just trying to do the best I could at the time. Um, but since then, man, um, just started learning more and uh, started getting more interested in it. And uh, yeah, just, I love it, man. So did you then go like, Hey, I can kind of do this. This would be fun. Did you get, you got paid too, right? Did they give you any money? Yeah, they, uh, they paid us. Um, I mean, it's one man, so they don't, uh, especially at the JV and freshman levels, they don't have a lot of money allocated right. for, you know, a lot of officials. So it was just, uh, at the moment, uh, back then it was just a hobby. It was just something extra side money. Uh, cause at the time I was working at the bank and going to school okay. full time. Um, so I just initially just was like, Hey, just some extra money and just, it'd be fun to, you know, get some exercise and be on the baseball field. And then I started doing travel ball and, uh, that summer actually, and uh, we went to uh, Omaha, Nebraska. There's like a triple crown tournament. And so I did that the next two seasons, just did triple, you know, uh, travel ball and um, did some high school ball. And um, I ended up, uh, you know, kind of liking it. So, yeah. Okay. So then, so when, what wanted so then you wanted to, you know, you're like, hey, maybe I can do this for a living or, you know, you went to umpire school, right? Yeah, so um, so I started working with a bunch of guys, and one of the guys that I'd worked with in the travel ball circuit uh, had went to umpire school, and um, he's like, dude, are you considering going to school? And I didn't really know much about it at the time, um, but he was like, man, if you really you know want to make it a career, um, you should go to umpire school. And so there's two schools. There's uh, Wendelstadt, which is in Daytona Beach, and then there is uh, the Minor League Baseball Training Academy. Um, at the time that I went in 2015, it was called the umpire school. And it's, uh, it's actually located in Vero beach, uh, Florida, which is, um, the old, uh, spring training stomping grounds for the Dodgers. Yeah, it's old Dodger town. Yeah. Back in the day, back in the day. So, um, yeah, that place is very epic. Um, they've got great staff there. They treat you uh, very well out there. And, um, so I initially went in 2015, um, and then uh, after the four weeks that we went through, I, um, unfortunately, I wasn't selected just because I was so young into umpiring. And uh, I needed a little bit more experience. Okay. Uh, so 
so what I did was I ended up going to this uh, camp. It's called the Pro Umpire Camp. Um, it's actually a three-man camp, which is um, basically for prospective students coming out of umpire school um, to get some experience, learn three-man, and to hopefully get selected into a um, couple of the independent uh, professional leagues that they have. Um, one of them is the American Association. The other one is the Can-Am League. And a couple others are the Pecos League and, and other leagues like that. But um, I um, gratefully got selected uh, to work the Can-Am League that season. Um, so I got to visit um, various places, um, places in New Jersey, New York, um, Canada. There's three teams in Canada, Ottawa, uh, Quebec City, and uh, a couple of other places. Um, but um, so, yeah, it was a fun time. And um, that was my, really my first uh first experience was traveling umpiring like traveling on the road living out of suitcase living in hotels um stuff like that and um after that year i was hooked i was like man i love this man i love the travel i love you know just traveling and and pursuing something that's you know one of my dreams now um so um so i did that for the full year um i didn't go back to umpire school until 2017 um because i basically was just trying i had talked to the director and he wanted me to get more experience and to lose weight so at the time i was 250 pounds so i i wanted to make sure that i had um you know done everything in my power to go back and earn a job right to be um, yeah correct so i lost 65 pounds in a whole year 2016 um i worked some college baseball um some college summer wood bat leagues and stuff like that but I really was dedicated to going back to school and, and, and earning a job. And um, so that's what I did. I went back in 2017, um, went through the four-week course again, and then went through the evaluation course and, and then got selected to work uh, Arizona Rookie League in, in 2017. Damn. So let's go back. So you were you were really in independent ball because I talked to um, – you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the independent league legends is Robert Stock, who pitches for the Padres. And him and his brother have a podcast called the Try Harder Podcast. And they talk about the independent leagues in the grind of being a player in the independent leagues. Um, for a minor league, um, you know, for an independent league umpire, I mean, it just it's just that step must be just just as bad as the players. I mean, you know, they're talking about like, you know, you, your meal, your game time meal is whatever's left over in the, uh, you know, the concession stand and. You know, I guess the, the whoever's got the most tenure gets the salad. I'm not sure. It's something like that. It's just, <laughs> it's got to be just so grinding. But you know, but just to be on the field, it's baseball. It's professional baseball, and you know, I, it's just that the electric atmosphere of of professional baseball. Yeah, yeah. So then you go into the rook. Okay, so guys, so 2017 uh, in Arizona was like. Just, just shy of being as hot as the sun. I just remember it just being one of the worst summers in almost recorded history, and and I thought about you because it was just, you know, because I was watching minor league ball and paying attention to that, and they're like the players aren't playing until like nighttime or like there was, like people were dropping dead. How hot was it out there in 2017? I'll, I'll actually, um, I'll give you a, a little rundown. My first game, my first professional game. Uh, I was behind the plate at Peoria Stadium. Actually, it was between the Padres and the Mariners rookie uh, rookie teams, and it was 127 degrees at seven o'clock at night. Jesus, Jesus! So just, just uh, I don't know if you can 
you can never like uh, put that into words about how hot that is. But uh, my mother uh, was there for only like top of the second inning, and she said it was too hot. She had to leave, so she went <laughs> to her car and turned on the AC, and she left me out there to uh, to experience the heat. But it was uh it was definitely hot. I, I think about two days before we flew in. I think there was um, the Phoenix airport had shut down the airport because it was too hot for planes to touch down. Um, so I was really unsure about if I was even going to be able to get in um, on my flight. So um, that's incredible. Yeah, it was it was very uh, it was very different than what I'm used to. I'm I, like I said, I was born and raised in San Diego, so I'm not really used to the heat. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely an experience I'll never forget. Okay. So how many games, so during, so during the rookie league, I, you know, we were here at spring training this last, uh, couple of weeks ago and, you know, they would play an inning, uh, they wouldn't get three outs, but then they would come off the field. I mean, is there, what kind of development in, uh, in the games, uh, are there with the teams or do they play a straight nine innings? Yeah, so on rookie ball, it's it's basically like a regulation game. Um, the lineups are you know regulated. You got nine batters. Um, they they have usually a DH um, for their pitcher. That's right. usually how it is for a couple of years. Um, but it's it's basically like a regulation game. Um, there's nobody if they come out, they're out for the game. It's like a regular straight substitution. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty much the same deal. Yeah. Do you so as you know you're also in their development league, uh, you know being in the rookie ball. So how does you as an umpire how does that work after the end of the game? Do you file your report or do you talk to a supervisor or does he go like hey you know maybe position yourself here next time or or do you just there to kind of figure it out yourself? Yeah. So in rookie ball, um, it's basically the first year for a lot of uh, other respective umpires like myself. So we we don't have a lot of uh, situation management um, in rookie ball. I mean, there'll be their occasional arguing balls and strikes and right. arguments and stuff like that. But um, for the most part, the players are, you know, just developing and we're, you know, doing the same thing as well. Um, I would say my first year, I think I only um, talked to a couple supervisors, maybe three or four times. Um, they, they come and watch you. Um, the one supervisor comes and watches you for two games. So, one on the bases, one on the plate, okay. and then another supervisor will come in a month later and do the same thing. Um, so they don't really, especially at the uh, lower levels, they don't get to see you as much as they would like to, and that's something that they reiterate to us. Like they would like to come out and see us more, but um, you know, it's just we have very few instructors, and we have a lot of leagues and a lot of umpires right. that we have to see. So they have to allocate their time to make sure that everybody gets the equal amount of time. Um, so that's fair and. Um, but rookie ball and short season is basically like developmental for us. It's basically like the players as well. Well, that's that's interesting because, you know, we talk to players and the players are like, okay, in, in rookie ball, the, the the strike zone is here. And then as they go up in levels that the, I guess the, the strikes don't get smaller, basically. Yeah. So that's. that's... Uh, yeah. I mean, it really just depends. I mean, there, we have. Uh, various um, people that can say one way or the another about how they call the strike zone or whatnot, but it's defined in the rule book. Um, you know, each person is we're required to adhere to the rule book, and um, that's our integrity on the line because we're the only people that enforce the rules on the field. Um, but they want us to be aggressive, especially in the short season levels. Um, 
just because um, you don't want to be out there four hours or five hours, you know, right, right, stuff like that. Just nitpicking on little things, and we're not major league umpires. We we don't have we're not have the luxury of replay or you know electronic strike zone and stuff like that. Um, so it's really just a way for us to um, you know just you know become more of an umpire and be more aggressive and, and, and adhere to our skills. So yeah, that's you know interesting because. You know, in, in just a rec league, it's kind of the same thing. Like some umpires, like their strike zone's big, and they're, they're like, hey, "You're not here to like take a walk, bro. You like, if it's close, swing at it." You know? <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, you're supposed. To, I mean, guys will say either way, but um, but I try to adhere to the rule book and try to keep a fair, consistent strike zone. That's uh, something I've always empowered myself to do. So it, it seems like in the major leagues, uh, you know, are the strike zone in general in professional baseball isn't what you guys are calling like you know the the high, high strike is at the belly button almost like you see pitches come in and it's you know just a, just below the sternum which is a strike and that's called a ball because mm-hmm. it's the strike zone is from the knees to right about the chest here where, where's it's the supposed top to be the midpoint of uh the belt and the uh shoulders okay so whenever the whenever the batter is supposed to you know, is in his initial movement to to make contact with the baseball. Okay, that's basically where we're starting point is. Okay, mm-hmm. have they talked to you guys about raising the strike zone? Because I remember a couple of years back, the everyone the up you know the pro umpires like we're gonna start calling the high strike. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Um, everything's just been outlined by the uh, rule book. So um, okay, I just go by what the rule book tells me to do. So. Right. Well, and, and let me just say this again, and I'll say this live. Like, okay, if I ask a question, you can't answer. It's like. Uh, no comment. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather not comment on the strike song. <laughs> uh, you get enough of that in your day job. <laughs> you know, you get enough of that in your job. Um, so, so when you're in a rookie league, uh, do you have roommates? Do you, do they, so how, how does the pay structure work in rookie league? Do you live with a couple guys or? Yeah. So we're, um, we're pretty much in, especially in Phoenix, uh, we have a lot of, uh, guys and we have the luxury of staying in one single hotel so usually uh, we'll we'll room up with one other person usually that's your partner or, or somebody that you know and it's two people to a room uh, we have a, a kitchen um, we have uh, a living room we have a you know two beds a bathroom um, so you can cook your meals inside the room and it's basically like a little apartment okay but it's, it's it's a hotel um, so yeah, one of those like stay, what is it like extended it's stay like places? Extended stay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you see a lot of that with uh, in the minor league guys. They they all live in in apartments with kitchenettes or like hotels with kitchenettes for spring training and uh, in in complex ball. Um, mm-hmm. So, what do they tell you once you get? In, what, what are kind of like the parameters that they give you uh, as an umpire? in I, I i don't know how does travel work so like you get sent off to the you get sent off to short season you're in the northwest league do you live in an apartment in a general area or do you live out of a car um and you're just like going from place to place or maybe a three-day stay and you know like say boise and then you run all the way up to eugene or yeah actually uh we had a couple of those, uh, me and my partner had a couple of those runs last year from Boise to Eugene. Um, so it's pretty much, uh, we have a set schedule that umpire development gives us. Okay. Uh, we don't say, stay in the same place for more than seven days. 
um, and they keep us up. The, the teams usually have a, um, a local hotel that they um, partner with to keep the umpires and the players and the visiting teams in. Um, so that's basically what we do. And um, the travel is basically set based on our schedule. But I will say this. We, uh, we traveled about 7,000 miles uh, last year. Jesus. All the cities, yeah. And um, it was pretty cool. We got to see uh, a lot of things. You know, there's, um, there's a freeway that goes from Tri-Cities uh, to, Por- to Portland, Oregon. And there's a river. It's like a I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's such a beautiful scenic route. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of heaven just when the when the sun's on top of it. it it's just very peaceful and, and beautiful. So that's freaking awesome. <laughs> a yeah. little piece of heaven in the grind of baseball. What you know, that's a, that's a nice quote. Um was that the Suquamish River or like something? I don't know what's happening. I forget what the name of it. I, it's it's a pretty popular, um, pretty popular river. I'm gonna try to look it up here right now. Okay. Yeah. So there you are. Yeah. It paused. I'm like, what happened? Um, Sorry. Let's see. What else? What else? I got. I got a bunch of questions here. So. So you were you at the game that they were, um, that they that the Tri Cities had to stop because of the fires. Or? Were you up in that game? Yeah. Just... Um, so this um, this was the last home series that Tri City had, and it's between uh, the Everett Aqua Sox and um, me and my partner. Like the previous couple days, we had known that there was fires in in Canada, and yeah. you know the smoke was coming down and stuff like that. But we woke up this morning, that morning, and um, it was we couldn't even see like the river because we stay at the Clover Island Inn, which is. Uh, kind of close to um, the ballpark and stuff like that. But there's a river overlooking and there's a bridge. Well, usually you're able to see like the other side of yeah. a bridge. Well, we couldn't see anything. And, you know, we're basically looking at our uh, weather index um, telling us how the air quality is. And it, and we have a regulation that if it's over 200, um, then we're not allowed to play. It's a health hazard to the players and to everybody. Um, so, we were actually on our way to the um, to the ballpark, and the GM Danny uh, called me, and he's like, "Andrew, um, yeah, we're gonna have to cancel this game because the air quality is 212." So we, it was our last um, day in that in that um, in that city. So we ended up going to the ballpark anyways. We saw a bunch of the players leaving, and uh, we saw both uh, the managers, and and we took our we got our gear and got up and got out of there. Um, but we were actually headed. Um, to Everett the next day, so it and, and the air quality there was pretty bad as well. So really, we had to play. We were going to the stadium that night, and it was it was 196. And um, so to start the game, it's in the GM's hand. But at, you know, after when 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 we play when we say play ball, it's in our hands. Okay. Well, it wasn't that bad for me to to bang it, and um, you know, there's we already sold tickets and stuff like that. So it's. Uh, it was really, it was a tough call because um, you know both managers like we really just don't want to play like the air quality is bad but we get it you know so um, we ended up playing all three games um, uh, nobody got seriously injured or um, sick or anything like that so that was a good thing um, but yeah it was it was a scary moment a scary time for us um, you know dealing with uh, those fires and stuff like that. Well, I can, I can imagine if maybe there's a fire between between one city to the other and you're like uh 
we're gonna have to go around this area <laughs> you know yeah um, well, so most of the fires were in vancouver so it was mostly just the smoke that was coming, that was coming down, down. the winds were pushing down south so um that was the only fire we didn't have to go around any kind of fires or anything like that so that's that's danny from the tri-city dust devils yeah Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. So in 2015, uh, I uh, proposed to my wife at spring training, and we uh, a, a part of uh, I, I had her brother help us with the have the Padres help me with the with the proposal, and we ended up going to a dinner. You know, the whole part of the package was we got to go to the dinner where it was the partnership dinner with all the players, and Danny and this other guy uh, for the Tri City Dust Devils were, were at the we sat at their table. Because uh, we didn't, I mean, like, you know, you see a bunch of ball players, and when you're in that kind of situation, it's kind of weird. When It's like a cocktail party with people that are famous people. It's like, you don't want to walk and be like, hey, Tyson Ross, how's it going? Yeah, you really should work on that, whatever. But we ended up sitting down with them, and that's when kind of we were developing the idea of becoming a host family. So my wife and I, and I, I say this almost every podcast, we want to be a host family uh, for minor league baseball. And and he's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, well, we used to be a Colorado Rockies. Um, affiliate and a Charlie Blackman is like one of the big uh, Rockies that came through our our system. And oh man, he loves our. Uh, he you know he still stays in contact with his uh, host family. Um, one of the guys that we uh, interviewed on our podcast, uh, Nick Margavichus, he made the major league team, and he didn't pitch above. He pitched one game above high A, and uh, when he pitched this last Saturday, we went and said hello to his his parents, and with his parents was his uh tri-cities uh host family so that's uh, that's really interesting um that's that- awesome I, yeah those those guys those host families they definitely um not many people realize this but the players really do appreciate it because you know that's a sense of family for them that they don't really have on the road and um i've you know i've come in contact with a lot of the players and they talk a lot about the host families and and how grateful they are for those host families so we uh they definitely appreciate it, so it doesn't go unnoticed. Well, that's cool. So, do you you have contact with players during the season? Um, I wouldn't know. I don't have I don't have their phone numbers. I don't I don't contact right, but them. like you have that relationship with them on the field. Okay, all right. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to say. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> don't I, like once I don't again, go and hang out with them. No, that's not something right. That, yeah. Well, I don't think you. I mean, they're getting on the bus and you're getting in your car. Um, yeah. So. So, okay. So now you're in. You're back at short season again this year. Um, what does it take to get moved up to the next level? Uh, so yeah. So um, umpire development ranks uh, all the umpires um, based on their classification. So short season, A ball, low A ball, high A ball, double A, triple A, so on and so forth. Um, so they basically rate you on a number of different um, factors. Um, so I'm currently, um, you know couple moves away from being promoted so um it really for me it's just the only thing i can control is my work ethic and my attitude right. so that's really right. something i uh, pride myself on and um i believe a lot in in faith and in god so i i trust in the process i yeah. um i know this is something that he wants me to do and something that's uh, been a passion of mine for a while now so 
um, just continue to work hard. And um, when my number's called, I'm, I'm ready. So That's cool. And, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you could be here. You're in the Northwest League. You can be sent to the Sally League or you can be sent to the Cali League. Or is it by region? Or is it just whenever, wherever they need a guy? Yeah. So the next level for me would either be the Midwest League or South Atlantic League. Okay. Um, those are, that's A-ball. That's full season A-ball. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know which uh, league. Uh, just depends on who gets uh, promoted and what happens. Um so that's something time will tell, and and, uh, and we'll see what happens. So, yeah. Okay. So I just watched a little bit of – today was the first – actually, today is the opening day for minor league baseball for full season. And uh, I was watching the Fort Wayne Tin Caps play, and they, all the players are like – it's like 40 degrees in Fort Wayne right now. It's just like freezing cold. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, we talk about the heat so much being in Arizona, but God, I mean, the beginning of the season in the Tri Cities in the Northwest League isn't going to be that warm. No, yeah, um, I think our first game last season in the Northwest League was, I think it was in, I want to say it was in uh, Hillsboro, and I think it was like seventy-two or seventy-one or something like that. Um, okay. But, yeah, I'm I'm currently right now I'm in San Diego and it's sixty-three degrees and I'm freezing i'm yeah. used to the arizona heat now so being an arizona resident has dude you've only been gone two, you've yeah. only been gone two years <laughs> um uh, so, so uh, let's go back real quick there's been a lot of talk about minor league baseball pay um and their the lack thereof um and, and let me know if this is a touchy subject but is there any is there any talk has there been any chatter of you know raising the minor league umpire pay um that's something um that's that's something that our union is um looking at um currently um we have a new uh, cba or whatever you want to call it coming up in a couple years so uh, we'll see what happens then um but right now yeah you're you are right it's not something you can um you know definitely retire on and the minor leagues is definitely a grind um not only for umpires but for players and, and managers and coaches as well um so you just have to, you know, pay your dues just right. like anything else. Um, right. You know, just kind of, you know, what, for me, I look at it as, you know, if it's something, it's not work if I love, if I love what I do. So yeah. it doesn't matter to me, you know, how much I get paid because I know God will provide. But for me, it's, it's more about my passion and what I want to follow in my dreams. So I, I feel like more people should follow their passions and their dreams, you know, because you only live once. I think, I think it's yeah. important to do that. Absolutely. Uh, one of the quick questions was, do, so on a rain out, so those days that you didn't play the game, do you still get paid or is it yeah, your so salary? Season, yeah, during the season, it's basically salary. So it doesn't matter if uh, okay. it's a rain out or a smoke out, okay. you know, like we had last year. Um, we still get paid our salary, um, stuff like that. Um, but uh, I think during, I think it was during uh, extended or something like that. Um, there might've been one day that I think we didn't get paid or something like that. I can't remember what it was, okay. but, uh, but yeah, it's usually during the season and, and spring training and stuff like that. It's, um, it's all paid for whether or not it's a rain out or not. Oh, that's so. cool. Um, mm-hmm. and so talk about per diem. We talked a little bit about that on the phone, but so you uh-huh. get your regular paycheck, but do they, do they pay mileage? Do, do you get like lunch money? <laughs> yeah. So how do you, and how do you get the lunch money? Do they Venmo you that stuff or how does that work? No, it's, it's all paid through. Um, it comes with our salary as well. Okay. So it's basically a direct deposit. Um, so right now I'm currently getting about, roughly $48 uh, a day for food. 
um, and it, it jumps up each level that you go up. Okay. Uh, so um, just depending on you know what city you're in and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, it's it's not bad if you use your money very wisely and and know how you know certain things to eat and and stuff like that. Um, I'm not a huge drinker, so. I don't spend all my per diem on, on booze and stuff like that. So and a lot of guys might use that for that, but it's totally up to you how you use your money. It's, um, Absolutely. So let's, 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 let's talk about that for a second. How, how much, how important is eating healthy, getting enough sleep? I don't know, going to the gym and working out and staying in, you know, in at least physical shape. Cause you see the major league guys, and you know the, the the funny joke, you know the classic line is, oh, the, you know fat ump, you know the fat ump, like Joe West is a big boy. Um, mm. you, you know, talk about it. So, do you keep healthy just you know to for the grind of the season, for lack of a better term? Or yeah, so I I try to keep a healthy lifestyle even during the off season and in season. I think it's very important, um, not only for my physical stature but for my mental as well. I think uh, it's very important. Um, that you get uh, a workout in every day. I think it's important that you eat breakfast in the morning. Um, I think it's very important that you drink a gallon of water a day. Um, I I think it's very important to do all those things because you're prevent a from preventing injury and you're also you're feeding your inside of your body. So I right. think it's important to especially if you're developing as an umpire and as a player. I think it's important if you're going to build muscle and going to develop yourself. I think it's important to feed your body the things that it needs. Um, and that's a very important thing for us as well. Um, we don't, it's very uh, looked frowned upon to be overweight and not in shape. We kind of want to look like the players um, because that way they take us seriously and they know that we're working hard, you know, not just on the field, but off the field as well. So that's very important to us as well. Right. I mean, you guys got to run down the line. I mean, there's, there's some movement when you guys are umpiring a game. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> That's, that's fantastic. Um, God, uh, okay. So let's talk about game situations. Not, not necessarily game situations, but like, do, so you're up in the Northwest League. Like, have you had like moose come across the field and like, I mean, you you always see the occasional cat or something, but like up in the Northwest, where you're on the sticks, and I know you're in, you know, it's not urban. You're not like, I'm sorry, it's not like rural. You're not like, you know, but has any animals run on the field or? Uh, I have not seen an animal. Um, I've seen bees on the field. Okay. Um, so if that's an animal that I would consider that, but, um, other than that, no, um, most of the, uh, stadiums that we have are, have security and are very well secured and stuff like that. And, um, so yeah, I haven't really seen an animal. Um, okay. Yeah. No badgers, no sod poodles, no. And... No, none of that. Nothing <laughs> yet. No. Uh, when I see a black cat, I'll run the other way, though. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So, it, it, well, you know, it, it's funny because, like, I, I was watching or listening. Was I listening to the Tri-City game? I think it it might have been one of the games where um, I was was able to watch a Tri City game, and I know you can't talk about this because you weren't at the game. But there was a someone had a drone over the mm. field, and actually it happened here at Petco Park, I think, last season, where someone had a drone and they were hovering it over the field, and the umpires caught it. And you know, here the you know you hear, you know, Chris King, I think it was, or you know, the announcer like, oh look, there's a drone on the field. Okay, now the umpires pulling the guys off the field, like he's like, get off the field. 
And they didn't. They stopped the game until the drone like flew away. Hmm. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting, and that was one of my original questions. I thought maybe you're up, you know, since you're in the Northwest League, you had to have yeah. been there. I, um, I, that's actually the first time I've ever heard of that. So, um, what? so that's news to me. Yeah. So I, I see a lot of. So how in spring training, how, in the off season, how do you maintain a strike zone? You know what I mean? Like guys in like I don't know. It's kind of an awkward question, but like you know, you see when pitchers and catchers report. You always see the guys throwing bullpens, and you'll catch the you know the little minor league umpire behind there just catching, just catching you know catching bullpens and checking for balls and strikes. Is that how you kind of get back in the swing of things, or does that even matter? I mean, it's pretty structured strike zone, but yeah, I'd say no comment on that one as well. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, at least you know. Do you like, you know, do you get all can the off season like you know, pitchers throw and hitters hit? I mean, do you like get all dressed up and go like? In the mirror, like, ah, yeah, we, yeah, we we practice. I think most of, for me, most of it's like um, repetition. Okay. So before uh, the minor league guys show up for um, for spring training for our minor league spring training, um, uh, I think it's a benefit for to guys living in Arizona that they can work some side games, like some B games, and so I was fortunate enough to work some of those games and side field games. So I think uh, a lot of it has to do with just repetition, getting some work in before the season starts, okay. making sure you're honing in on your skills and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. Do they judge you on your strike calls or not? Like like everyone. God, who was it? There was a major league umpire who was like strike. <laughs> Give us your strike yeah, call. Uh, they uh they. They um they judge us based off of like um, mechanics and like snapping and you like how okay. good you look and how fluid it looks and stuff like that. So yeah, they do judge based off that. Um, my strike call would just it's basically like Hoyt. So it's like it's just Hoyt, you know, like <laughs> that's basically how it's you're supposed to say strike, but most guys say Hoyt, and then strike three is just strike three. So yeah. Good. You know, you see those silly videos on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, it's, I don't know, some rec league umpire, like, does a twirl and does a twist and he goes, <laughs> ha! You know, the guy's already sat yeah. back down. So, do you do you work another job in the off season? I do. I, um, I was, um, I'm very fortunate and blessed to work for Enterprise Rental Car. Nice. Um, I work at the airport in Phoenix, uh, Sky Harbor. Um, so they were very flexible. They knew about um, me being a minor league umpire. They knew when my schedule was going to come up that I would be leaving. And um, and then um, I so I I stopped working there at the end of February and started doing spring training, obviously. Um, but um, before I actually came out here to San Diego, I um, stopped by their office and said goodbye to them and wished them well. And um, they're very uh, supportive of me. They, um, you know, they reach out and they told me to reach out to them and let them let them know what what's going on. And um, the, so, yeah, I always have an off season job. That's been basically my off season job for the last three years now. Yeah. Right, and you moved. You you actually you're here visiting family. You live in Phoenix now. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, I just moved to Phoenix in October. Um, my sister actually moved there as well um, last year. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, I like it out there. Um, the cost of living is a lot less expensive, so it's easier to make yeah. a little bit less um, than it was out here. But um, I did work uh, for Enterprise out here the last two off-seasons. Um, 
but yeah, I moved um, to Phoenix. So yeah. Sweet. So what? So uh, when do you leave now? What goes on now for the season? Um. So right now, I am supposed to report to extended spring training on April seventh, um, and then that goes until June eighth. Um, and then I think the Northwest League starts, I think, just shortly after June 13th or June 14th. But like I said, um, there could be some promotions. There could be some moves that happens, just like with players as well. So, um, so yeah, I'm just going to continue to work hard and uh, try to enjoy my time out there. Well, dude, you're going to have to uh, – like I follow you on Instagram and – and that's where I guess I'll get the news that I, I don't. There's no, no, there's no like umpire waiver wire. We're not going to go. Oh, look, transaction. Like, <laughs> you got to yeah, put something no, out on Instagram that you like got. That. It's it's uh it's it's cool to see uh to see people kind of respecting our profession a little bit more. Um, but still, there's there needs to be more um more known out there for us as well. So. Well, Andrew, dude, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been – this is so cool. <laughs> it's good catching up with you because, I mean, we're still playing rec ball, and it's been a couple of years since we've, you know, looked – seen each other face-to-face. Yeah. And it's just – well, and here's – my my brother also, he moved out to Tennessee about uh, yeah, about 15 years ago, and uh, he's been coaching girls softball and high school baseball, and he's done a couple state tournaments. And, like, he's like – he's a rock star when he gets state tournaments because he goes to Nashville uh-huh. – and, you know, they put up in a nice hotel, and he's he's, he's all weekend for tournament, you know, for the tournament. And, uh, dude, I'm gonna have him turn into the to, tune into this uh, episode. <laughs> I should have actually yeah. asked him, do you have any questions? Because for a while, when and you know, he's fifty, he's fifty one, so if, he's not gonna go to umpire school. He's got a family, he's got a day job, you know. So I don't think uh, that's a good question. He still can. We, I mean, those guys, they accept all ages. Really? I mean, so. We actually, uh, we had my first year, we had a guy that was 63 or 64 years old. His name's John Peretta. And he actually, that same year, worked uh, the Little League World Series. He worked behind the plate. And um, that was a special moment. That was something that was on his bucket list. So um, it doesn't really matter um, what age you are um, or what ethnicity or what race or anything like that. Right. Um, if you want to go to umpire school, um, they're more than welcome to have you guys. Dude, that's awesome. You know, it, it's funny because, like, he, you know, he coaches in a very small town. So occasionally, you know, someone in the stands will chirp at him pretty bad. And, uh, <laughs> or, or like a coach will like, chirp at him. And he works at the local Home Depot or, lo- you know, the local Lowe's. And oh, they'll cool. come in and they'll go, like, yeah, Rob. Yeah, I got a little out of hand yesterday. <laughs> you know, and he takes it all in strides, like, ah, don't yeah. worry about it. But it's like, it's kind of fun to be in that small community. Well, once again, Andrew, yeah. dude, thanks so much for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me. As you move up the level, man, I'd love to stay in contact. I follow you on Instagram and uh, and just watch your career. As much as we watch these minor league guys, it's cool having someone um, on the other side of the ball. You know what I mean? And, and that yeah. is fantastic. So we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys for having me, and uh, uh, God bless to everybody.